0: Okay, Mr. Marlowe asked me to take the roll call today. Josh Roth? Present. Greg Hansen? Present. Terry? I'm Todd. I'm Todd. Okay, geez, sorry.
1: Welcome to Shea Blood Rage. My name is Chloe, and I'll be your server this evening. We are so honored that you're joining us for Thanksgiving. The chef has prepared something truly delicious in honor of the holiday. Tonight's special is murder, Florida-style, hand-carved with a machete that has absolutely no origin. It is served on a bed of horny people cadavers and accompanied by bland, white mashed potato friends and a red sauce that the chef has pointed out as not cranberry sauce. If you're not a poultry person, we are also serving up ham by way of death scenes prepared with a delicious schlockiness. It is served alongside an erratic mother, which has been marinated in wine and stewed for at least six hours in the anxiety of not being able to contact her apartment complex manager boyfriend via telephone operator who cannot seem to grow that she is in a real emergency. (laughs) Although it's a side dish, I personally think it could be a main all on its own. (laughs) All specials are served with the house soup, which tonight is blood, and hot bread! For tonight's amuse-bouche, the chef has prepared receding hairline two ways. (laughs) And dessert is our annual pumpkin pie Delivered by a single mother And hand smushed by our chef's very own twin brother Who has been living in a psychiatric hospital for ten years After being framed for murder he did not commit I'll give you all a few minutes And I'll come back to take your lives Orders
2: Take your orders
1: Ladies and babies I present to you Blood Rage Dinner is served
3: Looks like you're going to get a chance to meet the rest of the family my psychotic brother just escaped I just don't want to spoil things We also need more turkey? No, I'm
2: pretty good,
3: thanks I don't like to talk about my brother no. He gives a nightmare Happy Thanksgiving You know, somebody ought to tell him to get inside Nobody should be out with my brother around
2: He looked exactly like Terry Except he had this really wild, crazed look in his eyes There's somebody after me And he's chasing me And he's trying to hurt me Oh,
4: You're a real sweetheart. You know that? A real sweetheart. It's
1: not cranberry sauce, Artie.
0: I hope there's leftovers.
3: <laughs> I'm glad we came here.
0: <laughs>
3: I like her, Chloe. I like her.
0: Well, while we're all around the Thanksgiving table, I suppose we should do the roll call. Greg Hansen.
5: This isn't cranberry sauce. This this really isn't cranberry sauce. That's because here at Maniac Mom's Cranberry Sauce, we believe that there's more to cranberry sauce than what's on the can. We start with fresh, bog-picked cranberries and only add the best high-fructose corn syrup blood to our cranberry cocktail. It's not Thanksgiving without Maniac Mom's.
0: Josh Roth.
3: I need a new one.
0: Casey Regan. (laughs) Dex.
3: All right. Yeah, I think I got it. Now, could we go over what is cranberry sauce and who isn't
2: Todd? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Josh Roth, still not ready. Still gotta go. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's so great to have Chloe back, since she really <laughs> killed it last year, guys. But Chloe hadn't actually killed it last year. It had been her twin sister, Kylie. The trauma of seeing her twin absolutely crush it on the podcast caused her to go comatose. And Kylie blamed it on Chloe for some reason. Kylie must never know that I know her secret. Josh Roth? You want to record yours at the end? Uh, no, <laughs> I think my stumbling because
4: Greg stole mine is perfectly fine. <laughs> hey Josh, you want to do the podcast with
2: us,
5: buddy? <laughs> <Hey> Josh, <laughs> I'm going
4: to be over here at the kids'
5: table. Bye. But... Uh, this table. is the most realistic Thanksgiving ever. Okay, let's do a talent show. All right. Uh, who wants to go first? Oh, shit. He's lip syncing to fucking Carly Rae Jepsen. I was going to do that. Yeah.
3: Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Chloe, thank you so much for coming back. It's Yay. so nice to have the family back together. Back to oh,
1: I'm, I'm not Chloe. <gasps> I'm Kylie. So my murderous twin's coming. Guess you're going to meet the whole family after all. <laughs> Pass the green beans. <laughs> <laughs> but good news, everybody. Swing shutter doors open. Hot bread! <laughs> 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 you know what that not cranberry sauce goes really well with? a tall glass of white milk. (laughs)
5: Fucking if that wasn't obvious enough to his mom that he was a serial killer I don't know what other signs you need. I
3: I was so sure in that moment that he was the serial killer I had forgotten two scenes earlier we had watched him kill someone. (laughs) (laughs) Milk guy it's milk guy right (laughs) Right. I know that already.
1: And like the viscosity told me it was whole. 1987
0: (laughs) whole milk too. Like Like unpasteurized. (laughs) Unpasteurized.
5: <laughs> counterpoint 1983 uh, this what movie was I saw shot that on the trivia and was shelved until it was released in 87 wow.
3: if you really look at the milk you can see you,
0: you can tell because
5: <laughs> it's that part of the 80s where it really looks like what we imagine the 70s to be
0: <laughs> yeah. correct me if I'm wrong Blood Freak also took place in Florida right
5: Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: So this is our second murderous Thanksgiving film set in Florida. Only Florida can produce this. (laughs) It gives you a sense
5: of how bad Thanksgivings were in Florida.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's especially bad because it's just like this guy swings by for like a half an hour dinner with his manic depressive mother and her boyfriend. (laughs) And like all of his college friends are there as well. And then he goes off to hang out with them. His college friends
4: and the neighbor that just moved in that his mom invited.
3: That's a depressing Thanksgiving. And then everyone has a lot to do the rest of Thanksgiving night. Dinner is over at like seven (laughs) thirty, and everyone else is back to business as usual. And that business is the business of getting down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We see some get downs, but it's hard to tell because there's there's a lot of get up in that. There's no there's no vigorous movement. It is literally just like (laughs) somebody like stacked on top of another person. It's called the
0: leftover sandwich,
1: the Thanksgiving leftover (laughs) sandwich. Soggy,
0: two flat pieces of of white white bread. bread. (laughs) We are getting 10 years ahead of ourselves, though, because this movie does not start in 1987 or whatever it actually is set. It starts in 1974.
3: To the trill of horror strings. Simple strings, like, built up so much that there was even, like, there's that center title that says... 1974 and then it goes away and it trills longer and longer than it says jacksonville florida and that's almost like a jump scare it's like jacksonville i didn't know we were in jacksonville honey j- check the whipped cream canisters we can trade them for food
4: <laughs> yeah the score is like a lot of these movies a carpenter ripoff but i think it's a very serviceable one
0: The score crescendos as we enter a drive in movie and a new title, Slasher, which is not the IMDb title. (laughs) It was
5: shot under the title. Complex.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> take it back. Uh, no, <laughs> take it back. <laughs> no, that works on so many levels. I totally. love Complex. it. Complex, Complex so is, Complex. The, title. Complex is Complex the title. Complex is the title. Complex is the
1: title. I will not refer to this movie as Blood Rage from here on <laughs> out.
5: It also was under the title Nightmare in Sh- at Shadow Woods, which was a, a TV title. And okay. apparently this movie somehow fucking played on TV. What? Sure. How much of this did you have to cut no. out to play this on I TV? I believe the movie was 10 to 12 minutes.
1: <laughs> I would watch the entire mom's plot line on Lifetime. You know, or, or like the stage production. It would be like a really good, like yes. one woman, like Ionesco absurdism play.
3: Like she's like the comedic relief.
0: The saddest comedic relief f- ever. Yeah, the fucking
3: we need to talk about Kevin Mom is, is the comedic <laughs> relief of the movie.
0: <laughs> Like, that's what? where all the
3: jokes come from. It sure
5: seemed like her writer <laughs> stipulated that she wouldn't ever leave a room. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. She's like, I sit and I say my lines. That's what no, you get. Li- no, Greg, there were no lines. My theory is she was not handed a script. They told her general plot points to improv and everyone just kind of had to react around her to what ever she was rambling about absolutely and I I have some notes
1: (laughs) about this actress Louise Lasser at first I was like I know I've seen her face before and it's interesting because I guess at the time this was shot like this was kind of a good get she was in a spoof of um it was like a soap opera satire in the 70s called Mary Hartman Mary Hartman but she was also in like Mary Tyler Moore show and taxi for a little bit but she was well enough that she was a SNL guest star between her character and I think her persona based off of this character she was notoriously erratic like that was her <laughs> shtick and she is historically the first person to be banned from SNL <laughs> oh,
5: oh yeah Wow yeah. <laughs> Florida of her <laughs>
1: deeply Florida either this is like art imitating life or she just was like constantly this character that that was like second nature to kind of be erratic and they're like hey can you have a Thanksgiving dinner that went wrong and I I don't need anything else I've got it <laughs> <laughs> um, which do you- son do I love
0: Got it. <laughs> do, do
1: I have a significant other? It hasn't been established. Whatever. We have one. <laughs> my boyfriend. My boyfriend.
0: I am interested
5: in if this was originally made to be a bit of a parody because mm. it does have real, it, yes. a lot of tongue in cheek yeah. elements. And especially because Louise Lassar is a comic actor. And everyone else in the movie didn't really have careers before this. It's hard to tell. The director had only made one other movie, and it was ostensibly a serious movie. Didn't direct anything after. And so was this made by people who really knew what they were doing and really lampooning something? Especially in 1983 when it was shot. It's like still very much the beginning of the slasher cycle which when it was released in 87 there would have been a fair bit of parodies and tongue in cheek you know versions of this but was this an early parody but played mostly straight or did it just age in a really really strange way. Yeah,
0: that's surprisingly modern of it, isn't it? Like how many movies today like since Scream have come out that like are homages to the genre and play for laughs certain things, but overall take themselves pretty seriously and are still like a very serviceable horror film.
1: No, and Greg, you make a really good point because I think watching it, I sort of took it at face value as like it's following very rote horror tropes for that era, but there are some really satirical moments that I think if you frame it as satire when you're watching it and you're like, oh, this movie like is very self-aware and it's very knowing... And I'll start with the like very creepy single condom salesman Ted oh, Raimi. Ted Ramey. Ted, Ted Ramey.
5: Ramey. In his first role,
1: his first That's on-screen his first role. on-screen role. It, yes, it is. What? Oh a, my god! What a delight! Like we mm. do not see condom peddling these days no. in public bathrooms, and
5: we should. I like children. It's also interesting to think about, like, Ted Raimi wouldn't have been recognizable in 1983, would have been recognizable in Mm. in 87. And so, like, you start to get this, like, weird drift thing that happens where it's like, by 87, this fits more neatly into where slashers were going because they had become more self-aware. Because, like, sort of before Reanimator, a lot of horror comedies were comedies. Like, they were slapsticky. Whereas you start to get this move towards splash Stick, you start to get the like darker side of it rather than it being like two vampires like running around to yakety sacks. You know? <laughs> I want to watch that!
1: <laughs> 10 out of 10 would watch.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie is great. It starts out at the drive-in as if it knows exactly where it's going to end up in a meta way. Yeah.
3: It's again the movie reaching out through the
5: media. in some <laughs> very oddly powerful way. And everyone is getting fucking busy at the drive-in. Every, I mean even I, the
0: parents. Well, that, not parents, that is Maddie on a date with someone, and the best way apparently to get busy with her current boyfriend is to <laughs> go on a drive-in date to a slasher movie and her two <laughs> ten-year-old twin boys are sleeping in the backseat. And that's where we can have sex what? Yeah, that
1: makes sense. Their slumber will not be disturbed by the absolute orgy that's <laughs> happening around them, yeah.
0: <laughs> which like
1: as a single person I was watching it being like, wow why don't they make these anymore? You <laughs> know, like, like like, fuckable drive-ins. Uh, what
2: is it? Look, they've been asleep for half an hour now. Don't worry about it. Mom
3: woke up and said mom's at it
1: again this is something yeah how many times (laughs) how many times has she done this that's where my mind wandered where i was like is this a pattern y'all jacksonville is
5: boring as fuck (laughs) but
0: also like why do you think terry has such an ingrained complex about (laughs) sexual activity it's because he's been carted around in the back of a bunch of cars while their mom has sex with boyfriends no shame but also maybe get a babysitter right.
3: <laughs> the scene plays out like we're gonna like make out all the kids are here it seems sweet you so sweet that you've forgotten that literally people are fucking everywhere <laughs> around them. and so when the scene plays out and Lu- Luis lasser is like, I heard a scream and the guy's like, you know what, that's it. I I, like, this is why I don't date people who like bring their kids out. Like, I don't want to date someone who's like so obsessed with their kids. They play it like he's the jerk. He's diagnosed that situation perfectly. (laughs) She brought her fucking twins to fuck Mountain. This is what's gonna happen. (laughs) (laughs) We're introduced here to the twins.
4: Terry
1: and Todd
0: in this scene played by actual twins, not to be <laughs> confused with later when we Lindsay Lohan it up.
1: Oh, you can't even make that reference because we never get a split screen. No, <laughs> we
0: once. will
3: get to this we later. But it. like, we don't need it. They that guy lived it enough that you believe there were two people.
1: <laughs> Terry takes out um. What does he use? A fire axe? It's a hatchet. It's a hatchet hammer combo.
3: Ooh, hatchet hammer. Also, I'm gonna blow your guys's fucking minds. Todd grabs it. I know that doesn't make any sense, but I rewound. Wait, what? The shirts sell it. (gasps) Wait, Todd is really the one that grabs it? Terry's the one that kills them. But for some reason, Todd's the one that grabs it. Now, this couldn't have been a mistake.
5: (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? Come it off. Beat it.
2: I
3: love the shot of the blood splattering on the popcorn. Oh. That was that was cool. Oh, all the shots are sweet. These two people are fucking, and Terry walks over and looks in. <laughs> and I didn't know where this movie was going, so I was yeah. just <laughs> thought the, like the guy was going, "Hey, you little creep, get out of here." hey yeah that get out a of guy here. with an
5: indecipherable accent yeah. <laughs> go get out of here and
3: i was like if this kid after three get out of here's gets out of here this is a very funny movie this is a very poorly, <laughs> poorly made funny movie but he didn't get out of here fucking hatcheted the guy in the cheek in the face and, we oh. see, like, and
0: you cheek. see the divots you see it. it was good
3: makeup was good. yeah they did yeah. like Five different angles of this guy getting chopped in the head, all with ascending makeup amounts. And it was all pretty sweet. And then, yeah, you splash in a cutaway of blood drizzled over popcorn. Do
4: you want blood on your popcorn? So
3: he
5: hatchets the guy's face. His naked lady friend who is oh, yeah. under him Runs. bolts. And just fucking buck naked down the aisles of the drive. Oh my movie god! Theater. Did
1: anyone else have a like a brief? Well, what would I do in that situation?
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. You know? sure did. Oh, do, you grab, do you grab your pants or do you just do you, run? Just, <laughs> do you just bolt? <laughs> uh, I yeah. book it.
5: It's yep. Florida. Nobody cares.
3: And also, not come back and point out which child did it.
5: Doesn't
0: matter. They're Would twins. Would she be able to? Yeah.
3: The shirts, people. I already explained <laughs> the shirts to you.
5: Yeah, you might say she should be able to tell from the shirts. But also, the approaching crowd of everybody who literally <laughs> watches Terry smear blood and shove the axe into Todd's hand. In front of not, all a, of them. not a single person goes, hmm, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Why, 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 why?
2: Oh, he, he just that person. He just it. Terry, stop it! Stop it, stop it!
5: Stop it, It's alright! No, it's alright, it, right. You gotta give it to fucking Terry. That kid should open a damn frame shop. He's so damn good.
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thinking of the scene again now that like the mom immediately runs to Terry and is like, Todd, what have you done? Like, God, this movie this isn't gonna sound fair. I thought it would be worse. So at this point, I wasn't looking for subtext or anything. I'm
4: completely with you. Yeah, Yeah, I wasn't looking for actual clues, like setups for payoffs later in the film, because I thought this movie isn't smart enough to do that because we're watching it. Really,
3: they are only setting up the textual stuff and they're not doing it in a sneaky way you're following a story here that is working on deeper levels than the, like, very obvious slasher movie scaffolding they're, like, working on.
0: To that point, what comes later that I think is interesting is they take the traditional third act of a slasher movie and get it done in the first 20 minutes Mm -hmm. of the movie. Like, they set up all of the characters for, okay, this is who Terry is going to kill. Yeah, the fiancé will end with the doctor, the doctor's assistant. This will be sprinkled through the rest of the movie. Like, these are the people he's going to end up killing. No, he kills all three of those people (laughs) in the quickest of succession. And then you're just like... Who is there left to kill? Everyone. Yeah, you no, you no, truly, forgotten about
3: literally every other face we'd seen in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Tru-
1: truly, like a Thanksgiving meal, you
3: you cram your face
1: at 2 p.m. Yeah. Yep, and yeah. then you ride through the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> and then and then you like pick at the leftovers when you start getting a little peckish at like 7.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah.
5: Another moment where this movie gets runs in an interesting way between when it was shot and when it was released which is at this point in 1983 when they're shooting it the traditional slasher genre tropes were a whodunit right so it's it's a question of your you the audience is trying to figure out who of the cast of characters is the killer for the most part, this is one beyond the franchises where you know the whole time. It's one of the only slashers, especially at, at in, in 83, you know, this becomes more common later. And it becomes more common with, of course, the Halloween sequels and the Friday the 13th sequels. Once you start having a named killer you, and you're like, oh, well, it's always going to be so-and-so. But at this point, it's still pretty new for it to be like, there's no mystery to the audience. The audience, the whole time, knows who's killing. And it's, it is a matter of who is going to take him down or will they take him down? I will say the next scene I, is
4: not as elegantly made as the first scene. Disagree. How, I disagree. do dare I absolutely disagree. <laughs> that you would be married to an editor and say that. The
3: psychiatrist scene, the editing mm. of that is so brilliant and such an obvious Wild. cover of what was a yeah. scene that did not work. Like, look, yeah. yeah. you it's, can it's see it insane. in the shots; it' not working at <laughs> all. <It's> so insane. <laughs> okay, we have to get there. But like, the editing saves it because it had a a sense of storytelling, like set apart from. It sort of feels untethered from the time it was made and
5: from fucking reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair.
3: Ten years later, Maddie
4: drives up to the asylum where Todd is being held on Thanksgiving, which is apparently something she does every year, with a slice of pumpkin pie, like you do. And uh, we meet Dr. Berman, who is telling Maddie over narration
5: over the entire scene. Yeah, we don't really meet her.
3: (laughs) Saw Maddie Simmons, Todd's mother, for the first time today. I don't think she was quite prepared
2: for what I told her that after 10 years, Todd was starting to remember what had happened in the
3: drive-in that night. Facing the fact that Todd's memory of the incident cast suspicion on his twin brother, Terry, was not that easy for her. On
2: Terry?
5: What, are you crazy?
3: Her position on another issue was also somewhat negative. No, no,
5: no more tests! This is my favorite scene because it's the most batshit. It's one of the craziest choices that this movie makes. in a movie full of crazy fucking choices where clearly something did not work. So they cut it like a Doris Wishman movie where <laughs> nobody is speaking on screen. They're only just cutting to reaction shots while seemingly the doctor but i guess someone else who they got to voice over totally. the doctor yes. yeah because not the same person happened. who no. shows
3: up later i can almost i can with certainty in my heart say it's because that doctor sucked the terry guy is good otherwise like he's yeah. fine todd yes. todd, well, todd that's Todd. 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 Sorry. <laughs> the shirts casey right. the you're shirts right. sorry i forgot
1: about <laughs> the shirts well and the hair
3: you don't get the same level of conditioner in whatever facility he's in so the bangs are they're down But yet Terry, when he's Terry, he looked like fucking Klaus Kinski on the cover of Tiger Beat. Like, he was just <laughs> such an odd-looking dude, like a Dick Tracy villain.
5: I will say Mark Soper really kind of surprised me in this. I, th- I think he did a, a bang-up job in the dual role. Totally, He doesn't really have a ton to do as Todd throughout the movie. He is mostly tarrying all over the place, which, to be honest, is amazing. But he, he does really embody the two characters in a way that, like, feels, I mean, very acting 101, but... But the way the teacher would do
3: acting, <laughs> where you're like, "Oh yeah, this does make sense."
1: I was kind of surprised. Where I was like, "Is this good acting?"
3: <laughs> what's also amazing about him is so much of slashers, so much of what these movies are, is the look of the killer, right? Like that's what's carrying so mm-hmm. much of the like cinematic weight for these characters. And this is just a guy, but he's like having such a weirdly good time at being a slasher that I'm like, I'm. I liked him. I, I liked Terry. As for Terry,
2: he mustn't find out that I suspect him. He's been normal for 10 years. But who knows what will trigger another killer.
4: Her voiceover continues after the scene ends, which is baffling to me. Yeah,
0: because our lead character is Dr. Berman. We're going to be following her for yeah. the rest of the movie. The That's why she has first-person narration. Yeah. she's going
3: to show up in the second one, and the third one, like, and yeah, the fourth Halloween. one, in the psychiatrist. Very important character.
4: Terry's mom has invited new neighbors over for Thanksgiving dinner, which is suspicious. That, that, That's yeah. suspicious. Immediately, <laughs> I love the smash cut to the awkward laughter at the dinner yeah. table. I do love that
1: editing.
0: You never told me that one. <laughs> laugh, laugh, laugh. Well, laugh, 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 laugh. and I,
1: I do want to interrupt to talk about this friend that he makes, this new neighbor friend, which like good for her. She has this power move of her and her mom running not anywhere on pavement, but through a field where only five people are playing football. (laughs) And this friend is like nips out immediately, even though she's with her mom, like bold choice. And is like, I'm here to steal boyfriends. I'm here to party. Ask me about college. I'll tell you my major is partying. Mm. (laughs) She gives off that vibe immediately.
3: And Terry picks it up. He's like, you have an uncomfortable relationship with your mom too, huh? I like that. <laughs> yeah. Before we start,
2: Fred and I have an announcement to make. Uh, Come on, now. you tell them. Well, we're gonna tie we're the knot. <laughs>
4: <laughs> There's ominous music that tells us that Terry is not very happy about that. Yeah. Congratulations, Ma. Then Maddie, in the first of what will continue to be her dialogue for the rest of the film, whispers incoherently to Terry that Todd yes. has escaped. Just Todd, Todd got out. They Todd, Todd, Todd escaped mind. for. What do you mean they
2: can't find Todd? Listen, let's just pretend that nothing's happened. I just don't want to spoil things. I mean, it is Thanksgiving. And everyone's been looking forward to the dinner
4: so much. And then Terry goes, sits down at the dinner table, and immediately tells everyone.
3: Hot bread, everybody. Looks like you're going to get a chance to meet the rest of the family. My psychotic brother just escaped. Could you pass the green beans, please?
1: It is absolutely one of my favorite line deliveries. It's so good because it's like a double slight because he slights the new fiance, his mother's fiance, by being like, Well, I guess you're gonna meet the whole family now, now that you're family. <laughs> My psycho brother just escaped past the green bean. Yeah. <laughs> It's and the cool. most honest depiction cool.
5: of Thanksgiving I've ever seen in yeah. my life. Truly, you like, and Mom are like, okay, we're not going to talk about your brother's <laughs> career choices. We know that he doesn't have a job. We're just not going to talk about it. Now, let's go out there and then have a great meal. Uh so Chris, what's your new job like? Oh, you got unemployed again? You fuck. <laughs> <I'm so laughs> yeah. Pass the it green is, beans.
1: It is. Absolutely a bratty child move, and I was down to clown.
3: Terry is not right ever, but if your mom had invited to Thanksgiving only her new boyfriend, who you hate, your girlfriend, and the new girl you're trying to bang, and that's all of (laughs) Thanksgiving dinner, fuck you, mom. I'm not, you know what? Yeah, Dinner's already ruined. It's an awkward situation for me. The most (laughs) amazing thing about this scene is we get the big Terry-like, what? Sting when it's revealed that mom's going to get married.
0: That's the trigger that Dr. Berman was talking about. Right, we don't know what What will trigger him, right?
3: And then when mom pulls Terry into the kitchen and is like, hey, your brother Todd just broke out of the institution, that feels like it would be like another moment to be like, "Uh uh-oh, people are going to find out I'm the murderer. No, No.
0: because that's Terry being like, oh, thank God, I was going to kill all these people anyway. (laughs) Now at least I have... (laughs) I can be
1: more leisurely about it now. I know,
3: he's like, he's relieved. He doesn't have... (laughs) to do as much work and that is why this movie is so great
4: terry answers the door and finds a guy with a gun. He's the doctor's assistant Jackie who has a tranquilizer gun.
0: But it looks exactly like like a revolver. Yeah, you know. <laughs>
4: a
3: Colt 45
0: yeah. trunk.
4: It's it is insane. And I guess it's just there to show us like to,
3: I mean to show us why we had to cut around the doctor scene earlier. <laughs> this is <laughs> like and she comes in like a fucking flash. The gun comes out. Terry reacts to the gun doctor comes in immediately and is like oh hey that's the twin don't shoot him forget about the gun anyway we're looking for your brother like at that rhythm exactly that pace you see Terry yeah. react to that like oh god that's a lot of energy and then god bless Louise Lasser comes out and she's like what's with the gun and then the dad comes out and is like hey you're from the hospital and you can just see Terry looking at like you're all doing these performances huh we're all doing these for the movie? For this movie? <laughs> and started, I saw genuine confusion on his face that almost read like, God, I'm really going to kill all these people. I'm really going I'm, I'm really to get to do this. Awesome. <laughs> it's going to be real yeah, it's easy. Gonna be so it's going to
5: be so easy.
0: These three people are killed in quick succession after this. There's no tension. There's no buildup. It's just, yep. One, two, three, laundry list.
4: The stepdad goes like to his office.
0: Future oh, stepdad, come on. Future, yeah. future
4: stepdad. You're not
0: my real dad, Brad. <laughs> the answer to my question is
1: Florida, but where did the machete come from?
5: If there was a constant threat of gators or panthers... You better fucking believe I am going to have not only a machete, one of these goddamn Cutco machetes that could slice through stone (laughs) because this thing cleaves through a person like it's a nothing.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Let's talk about first kill. This this kill
4: really sets us up for everything in this movie being incredibly great because Terry sneaks up behind Brad in his office and chops his beer hand clean off. Off with the machete, it falls to the ground, and then the hand like keeps moving, holding the beer can.
1: Well, look
2: what the catharine in.
3: Could you imagine getting machete to death? Awful, right? But can you imagine getting machete to death and it's like the machete is literally cutting into your arm as you're finishing the sentence, look what the cat drug in? <laughs> That's your last words. you And you got those words out as someone was swinging a machete Your brain didn't stop that sentence and go, oh, look, machete. You learned that about yourself in your last seconds.
0: I almost <laughs> expected him to be like, hey, sport, what's cracking? <laughs> this
5: gag is the first moment that made me think that the movie had a sense of humor this movie has a lot of prosthetics of disembodied body parts that are still moving and we get we like linger on that and that (laughs) is very funny yeah and it couldn't have read any other way even in 1983 the way the makeup effects are feels so super-duper tongue-in-cheek, and I loved
4: it. Now we get immediately another kill. Jackie, the doctor's assistant, is trying to bribe Todd out of the woods with drugs uh, before he just gives up and goes for a smoke. He sees Terry, and he's like, oh, you know, Todd's innocent, you know? Uh, And then Terry machetes straight through him.
5: Oh, I also do love this moment where the the assistant is like, You know what
2: else
0: Dr. Berman told me? Mm Mm-mm. What? She told me that Todd never killed anybody.
5: That's such a brilliant move of him. But
0: it got me, because I I like, I know his hair is completely different. I know that they literally lay it out for you that this is Terry, not Todd. But for the briefest of moments, I'm like, oh, what a twist. It is Todd, and now he is killing everyone. And then the next scene proves otherwise. I'm like, never mind. It was just a really good kill <laughs> but they get line. you. They get you for a second. Yeah, they got me. I believed it. <laughs> and,
4: and so that's two kills in the span of like... I don't know 3 minutes <laughs> right yeah, now. And
1: and honestly, it's what I would consider our first on-screen orgasm because <laughs> the scream and the face that he makes is orgasmic. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you all felt that way I would have
4: to go back and watch because, it. Because I'm not sure. It.
1: Because it's like a wide-eyed look like oh, and then oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I am
5: loving how much Chloe is, like, after it in this episode.
1: Well, <laughs> She's I, like, and...
5: I want to go to the fuck drive-in. I
1: want I
0: <laughs> to like, yeah, like, be stabbed with a machete in the most sexual way. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, but yeah.
4: I
1: want to yeah, go yeah. to Florida. America's
3: dick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Guys, well, what did I Not say Ron. about horniness?
1: I will see myself out. <laughs> right now. But I mean, this does kind of follow the slasher trope, right? Of like the knife or like the killing implement is supposed to be phallic and it's penetrating. And that sort of ties into like the punishment of people who have sex. And that's why like the final girl is always a virgin. It's all sex based. So it would make sense that this is actually the only stab we see like it is a full stab to the torso all the other kills are more or less slicing so if he's being penetrated then yeah I maybe he would this. he would have a giant o before yeah, dying you're right,
3: yeah. i think you're right i also read it as again someone realizing they died having said the dumbest thing they could possibly say imagine <laughs> saying right before I-, I heard the guy we think is killing people ain't killing people and then getting killed. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, I was so I was wrong. Right and wrong.
0: You know, they say lightning never strikes That's the same right. place twice.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Josh, give us this third
1: kill.
4: We cut away from the mom eating leftovers to Dr. Berman, who is looking around for Todd and gets attacked by like a POV monster cam. And then we cut away to Maddie making a call. And then we smash cut back to Dr. Berman laying on the ground, cut in half, flailing wildly. It's jarring and w- giddy and wonderful. It's insane. Oh, and we get the, the first of Terry's catchphrase. He tastes the blood on his shirt, and he says, It's not cranberry sauce.
0: I thought you said, like, the first of his catchphrases, and I'm like, that's his oh, only no. catchphrase. <laughs> okay, I don't yeah. know what you're Cat- talking about.
1: First
3: instance. He gets a lot of mileage out of that one.
1: This is... To me, like a pretty significant hair movie because there's, (laughs) no there's wildly different hairstyles between both of the twins. Track
0: them to know. Yeah, that's and that yeah, it's it's a visual
1: signal for the audience. But there's one moment where he comes back, changes shirt, and has like a quaffing scene. Mm. He's kind of like re-fluffing his hair and it's sort of slicked back. And it had kind of a Patrick bateman feel of entering like this preening where it's a little bit narcissistic Mm.
3: it's better because he also i i you're forgetting my favorite part of that scene while he's changing his shirt and shower and everything it's where he gets his idea for his kill quip later and he's practicing like quips and stuff he sees it on his shirt thinks of it goes huh (laughs) that's not cranberry sauce you know that's funny (laughs) He's like showering, thinking about it later already like finds the weapon stash which is the most convenient thing to ever happen to a serial killer is like, yes. <laughs> Like, oh, what are all these stabby weapons doing here? <laughs> Terry like laughs as Artie's picking up a machete and like you see him think like, that isn't cranberry sauce, Artie.
2: That is not cranberry sauce.
3: And then he kills <laughs> Artie. <laughs> <laughs> and then later he's like laughing to himself with the machete, like like remembering Oh, right. I said that right before I killed him. It's amazing how many times that comes back.
0: He's really proud of it, you know? And (laughs) And you know what? He
3: should
2: be.
0: And everyone he tells it to dies, so that means he gets a new audience every time. He doesn't know the movie's happening. Come on. I'm going to use the same killer line every time, too. Fresh material. If you got gold, yeah.
5: why do <laughs> exactly. anything else? To be honest, that's the most believable version. It's unbelievable that in other movies, these people would have multiple yeah. catchphrases. Yeah. You <laughs> never. You would never.
4: It's a waste of energy to write multiple when you're only going to have
3: the audience once. He's not a chi chi pa 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 in the background. Like no. We not only know it's him, we're sort of with him. More than we're with anyone else.
0: Way more than Todd. uh,
3: Todd is like a non-entity. Because we're in Terry's head. If there's any character you're closest to in this movie, it's Terry. He rules. I, I love them. Todd walks up to the apartment complex.
5: Shadow Woods apartment. Ooh. Which Ooh. they should have known that yeah. they were setting up. There that was going like, to be a
0: mass murder spree.
5: Yeah. Welcome to Machete
3: Heights.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like it's almost a bottle episode of a movie because it only takes place in this very odd complex.
3: This is essentially a sequel to the Florida Project. Yeah. <laughs> a sequel. The mom comes back and decides to... To marry Willem Dafoe because he's a steady guy. Yes. And then someone kills him with a machete. Yep. Spoiler. A very, you could make this a very realistic Florida Project sequel.
1: It's just the complex and the drive-in movie theater. And the psychiatry. The, the psychiatric scene. hospital yeah. or, or asylum, I guess.
4: Which could have been filmed on the complex as far as I'm as concerned. As far
1: as we know. But like it almost feels like the whole movie's a dream. And mm. right. that it's imagined. Maybe we're in the fever dream snow globe of the mom.
0: (laughs) It feels like one of those movies where like this rule was not set up, but it's like, we just need to make it to sunrise and like we can survive. Mm. Even though that's not the rules of this killer, but that's kind (laughs) of like what the stakes feel like because they're very claustrophobically held within this complex and all the murders are happening.
4: Karen comes looking around for Terry, who has gone off with the new neighbor, Andrea, and finds Todd instead trying to get into his mom's house. And confused, she thinks that it's Terry she's talking to. She's like, I, I wanna sleep together, Terry. And he's like, Oh, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not Terry. And she's like, Oh Oh, you're the murderer.
0: <laughs> the, this speaking of relatable moments, this sequence of events is the most relatable thing I can I can think of in the movie. Not what? No. What? Sorry. The sea- like, what? The the the,
5: the 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 pitching. <laughs> I want you to make no, love to me. Oh, one. it's your twin <laughs> psychotic no, scene with brother. A late that one. <laughs>
3: Woman says, "You never speak to me. You don't write anymore. We never see each other. I know it'll fix it." Have sex with yeah, me. Yeah, let's
0: have sex with me. No, 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 sorry. The latter portion in that, like, how would I react where suddenly you realize, oh, a supposed murderer is standing in front of me, and you're just like, huh, well, it's nice to meet you. I'm going to back away slowly. Okay. And you, like, get away, and then the first thing you do is meet up with your friends and be like, guys, you're never going to believe what I just ran into. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It is incredibly realistic. I want you to make love to me.
1: You're shocked, huh? <laughs> well, Terry, come on. I wish you'd say something.
2: something. I'm not Terry. I'm Todd.
1: Um,
5: Terry's brother? Oh, my God. I mean, um,
2: so you're home for the holidays, huh? Y-
3: you seem nice.
5: I've never kissed a girl before.
1: Oh, yeah? Well, um, you really ought to try it sometime. I gotta go. Bye.
3: It's very funny.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, a very solid out. Yeah. The women in
3: this movie are horny, and the guys in this movie are having trouble with the horniness.
0: Oh, every guy in this movie is pardon my French flaccid yeah look at the boyfriend of the single mom Mm. look at both of Maddie's boyfriends the one that was in the car and the Jesus telethon listener
3: eternally friend zoned Artie
0: Greg I guess is the only one yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) hell
3: yeah Greg always gets it not well not (laughs) doesn't perform doesn't seem to perform well but does get it even Terry is like he's anti-sexual he's not even asexual he's anti No, yeah. No, no. Yeah. His whatever his psychosis, it has turned his animal brain into
0: sex Bats. Yeah. He gets
3: the pheromones for breeding. Go go haywire in his head. The only person, the only man in this movie who makes a move towards a woman is Todd when he asks, can I kiss you? (laughs) And he does, he's not a creep about it when she turns him down.
1: It really was set up that way where I was like, oh no, we're going to have the like. It's
0: like Frankenstein, you know, like, yeah, (laughs) like. (laughs)
1: Yeah, or or I'm going to be like, okay, well, we're posing the like the psychotic twin is also being like socially inept. It's going to be weird or creepy about it. And he was like. Well, I've never kissed a woman before and she's like, "Oh, no, no." And he's like, "Oh, okay. I'm going to I'm going to continue to try to get into my mom's house." <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, like, thank you. Carry Have a good day. <laughs> yeah. Get home safe. Didn't work. All right. It was a on. pleasant surprise. You know, in the era that we live in, I'm like, "Oh, a man who just can accept rejection."
5: She has a bigger reaction to Todd and being afraid of him after him asking her to kiss. Then she has later when she's watched multiple friends
3: die in front of her, even when Terry like announces my psycho has broken out of psycho jail, people listen to that news <laughs> chewing people people they were like, people like, listen to that news and, and answered back like mm." mm, mm. Nobody is freaking out that there's a like murderer like just walking around, which maybe is normal. Maybe Jacksonville is exactly what we imagine. I mean,
0: he only killed one guy. Like he killed one guy when he was ten. I think he is more of like a sideshow piece. That broke out of an
3: institution should have a little more weight to like your evening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, I don't think it's right, but like we moved to the suburbs for a reason, y'all.
4: Maddie begins to attempt. To call Brad, which will proceed to happen throughout the rest of the film.
0: Maddie also does something really weird right here where she tells Terry to put on a sweater. Yes. The blue one. It's cold outside. Which made me feel like scenes were out of order and they had to like explain his wardrobe change at one point. Find Brad. He's probably out looking. I'll stay here in case Todd comes home.
2: But Terry very careful. He's probably very frightened. And Terry, please put on a sweater. It's cold
4: outside. The blue one. Todd is walking through the woods of the apartment complex and finds Dr. Berman's body, puts it back together as a sign of respect, I guess? And And takes the tranquilizer cult and finds a kid who is looking for her lost cat.
0: (laughs) This is very Frankenstein too, Like this gentle monster. Gentle
1: monster, small small child. But but it's also an
5: awesome setup for an even better payoff.
4: I thought it was very odd at the time that it was happening. And then the payoff happens and it's rad because he tells her to go home and lock her doors and that will very much come back there's later. a killer
0: on the loose yeah don't open it for anyone no matter what they say don't open your door and she listens i see a child walking alone in the woods and i'm like you deserve
1: it <laughs> you know like like you should know better and then she's being taught stranger danger and then i was like eh. Okay.
4: Meanwhile, the neighbor who Andrea was babysitting for comes back with her date. They have some very, very awkward foreplay, and Terry shows up at the door to
1: kill him. You're skipping over so much. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe is the
5: is the driver's ed instructor with the like, rake I'm on the her side. And she's you. like, Okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah. This is so clear that Florida is a bleak place because she has no other options. This hot young mom, she's putting on an, an 80s Fredericks of Hollywood getup and she's like she's like I'm your baby tonight.
3: She's really like putting the work in. Yeah.
1: She
4: she says to her child, mama's going to get you a rich daddy.
1: Yeah, and in my mind, I'm like, Jessica, you don't have to no. try this hard. <laughs> like, she's pulling out all of the stops and it's so unnecessary. And then she's like fawning over him and giving him the like should we do it eyes and he's still on about creme de menthe and i'm like (laughs) what the fuck
3: you do not need to put a nighty on for a guy who picks up a bottle of bitters and becomes jerry lewis
1: (laughs) does not know how to handle the after date invite up which like everybody knows that subtext for like if I'm invited up, we're gonna have sex. And he's literally combing through her different, like, liqueurs, yeah. like, oh, banana.
3: I've
2: never had
1: Creme this de men.
3: before. He was like the health slide of the vivisection of a penis. Like, that's how flaccid he <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Coconut liqueur. I
2: never had a coconut
4: liqueur. But what do you do? You take it straight or on the rocks? <laughs> well,
2: Ooh. anywhere. You like
4: it. Not for children. (laughs) Silly thing to put on a liquor bottle. (laughs) Not (laughs) not for children. Of course, it's not for children. Why
2: don't I just slip into something more comfortable?
4: (laughs) She comes out in her lingerie to an empty room, uh, and then there's a knock on the front door. She looks through the peephole. Opens the door and sees her date's head hanging there. Yeah.
0: So good.
4: In midair from like the stairs above, hung by like extension cord. Which leads me to the question what did she see out of that people? <laughs> uh,
0: his face, you know, it was yeah, fine. His she didn't it, yes, see the body face. at all? Josh, no. when you're
1: trying to fuck for money, <laughs> yeah. you're no. not looking that hard in the people. <laughs> You've got other things on your mind. <laughs> She's trying. She's trying to get her child a college
0: fund. <laughs> the only thing I'm focusing on in this moment is please do not let this man machete a baby through a crib because
1: I, was I got totally nervous. expected
3: it, it was going to happen.
0: Or like the setup of like
1: the baby is a young Todd.
3: He's a toddler
1: has to be around his mom having sex doesn't like it witness witnesses its first murder and then we have like a Dexter in the making son
3: of Terry no he straps the kid to him while he's doing the killing and that's why it's so effortless he's just like walking him through he's like see now they're gonna turn the corner too fast right (laughs) they're all panicked because they just found a body down there so they're gonna run this way now we're gonna be here right this is where I keep the axe
1: it's right there yeah oh my god you're grabbing it
3: you're gonna to be great at this
1: hey, hey hey baby hey baby it's not cranberry sauce
0: <laughs> oh
3: wait for you wait this is cranberry sauce. this is cranberry sauce for you baby
0: todd is really having trouble making it into terry's bedroom <laughs> like because six scenes have gone by and he's still there being like how do yeah. doors work how do doors work he's
4: been in one room for seemingly 10 years yep and his mom passes out on the floor he puts her in bed and she whispers and mumbles a bunch of stuff I didn't get. Oh, but
0: she I think she is mumbling that like, I'm going to protect you from Todd, Terry. I'm oh. going to protect you. Like things. I think she's saying things like that, but it is really hard to make out because it's, <laughs> oh the ramblings of a lunatic and
3: drunk she's she's drank a lot of wine
0: and drunk Karen
4: and Artie are uh, busy playing video games while Andrea and Greg are making out in the other room they hear a scream and they go to investigate and Andrea scares them in evil dead type deadite makeup and Greg jumps out with a knife and it's a great little moment.
0: I love that in so many of the movies we watch, both the filmmakers are huge fans of like bloody prosthetics and their characters <laughs> are huge fans yeah. of bloody prosthetics as well. Right,
5: because they have these appliances ready to go.
1: I love the assumption that you think they were making out. I feel like, <laughs> give it the makeup, that they took leave. That's like half an hour. <laughs> yeah,
0: and,
5: and
1: the half whole time. Minimum. Minimum. Yeah. The, she was absolutely like, do you want to go to my bedroom for something fun? Closes the door,
0: pulls. <laughs> (laughs)
1: out all of these like like, (laughs) (laughs) these latex appliances and she's like i've got an idea and he's like i thought we were doesn't matter
4: (laughs) this is better maddie keeps on calling the operator but they insist that brad's phone is perfectly fine and she should just you know check on him
0: one long take of just a woman yelling at a phone operator and rambling about, my boyfriend, my boyfriend, my boyfriend. I have
4: written, she goes full Karen on them.
0: Because it's very-
1: No, this is a four-year consideration performance. absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You don't seem to understand. This is a real emergency. This is a
5: real emergency. I mean, he is definitely
2: there. He is waiting for my call right now. He is sitting there and waiting for my call. This is very important. Uh Operator, I am begging you. This is a real, real emergency. What's the matter with you?
1: I want to know what the opposite end of that conversation is as the operator. I don't think there is anybody else on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) It, It is a deadline as far as we're concerned.
5: That scene is really funny And feels really overwrought. Until you remember that she housed an entire jug of Carlo (laughs) Rossi by herself. Yeah, that's true. Because because she doesn't play the scene drunk, but... She has to be because fifteen minutes before in movie time she was fucking on the floor and right. yeah. couldn't get up and was literally put the fuck to sleep.
0: My favorite is when she finally connects with someone and is like, "Thank goodness! Thank good! What? Oh, wrong number." <laughs> It's so
3: good. It, it's so She's good. She's the comic relief character. The mother of the murderer who's having a psychological breakdown is the joke factory of the movie.
4: Andrew and Greg are making out naked on a diving board in the indoor pool. We, yeah, Greg.
1: They have a rousing game of tennis. Hey, yeah, a game yes. of midnight a d- tennis. A cu- couple of doubles. Love. Yeah, Smash.
2: <laughs>
0: other uh, tennis Other words. tennis Keep sex But the best part is that, like, they start to have sex on the tennis court, and she's like, I have a better idea. And her better idea is on a diving board. (laughs) I'm gonna
5: tell you, that is a better idea. (laughs) It's not a good idea, but it's a better idea.
1: This is the third iteration of their date that we've been on. And then we see them just stacked on top of each other, and they're like pecking at one another's face. It's like, It would be egregious to call it making out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It it, it was just like very confusing because we, I'm like, are they mid, post, or pre coitus? (laughs) Do I care? It's
3: It's also a bummer to think that's Andrea's been trying to have sex like all night, first with Terry, then with Greg. Like, and this is what she's been like working towards.
1: I know. It's like running a marathon to get a piece of Wonder Bread. (laughs)
5: Greg, (laughs) (laughs) all I can say is we have to assume. That the dude just has a massive penis. And <laughs> so not a lot of movement is necessary. You're being
1: awful generous. <laughs> well,
4: especially considering the, the quality of Greg's we have seen in movies on this yeah, podcast. Very bad. It's a bad Greg representation there. Greg is not long for this world movie Greg. He is wow. cut across the throat.
0: Bad Greg. Bad, bad Greg. You stop that.
5: Bad thing.
3: Bad. God damn, Terry gets those numbers up quick. That was a twofer.
4: Oh, it just he keeps ranking up those kills. He interrupts Karen and Artie walking around the walking paths that we've heard so much about Terry sends Artie off to go find Andrea and Greg who he knows are dead because he killed them while he and Karen go back to his place and Artie gets in his car to go find them and Todd is sitting in the back seat Hey who are you?
5: What are you doing in my car? You're a friend of Terry's right? Oh my god you're Terry's crazy brother No it's Terry who's crazy he's killing people
4: And he has a gun in his hand.
5: You've got to help me.
1: Anything you say. They call me Mr. Helpful. He has a very deep New York accent when he says
4: it. Oh, my God. Yes. Thank you for pointing that out. Because I had written down earlier... Artie is way too New York for this movie.
5: That is not true. The New York to Florida pipeline is (laughs) strong.
3: This is true. When Terry and Karen, when he's like, you know what? That sex thing all the kids have been talking about, I second thought, I like it. Let's do it. Let's do some sex right away. I think that's (laughs) neato by me. And, And they are like making out on the couch while like Terry is like pulling pillows out from behind her. It's such a like genuine real make out on a couch thing it's like what like making more Mm. room on the couch like he's planning a killing you don't know what he's doing it's just everything he does is so predatory it is
0: really yeah well because it looked like he was also like aiming to like smother her with pillows yeah no it was a good tension builder yeah
4: but they don't get there because Artie and todd are waiting outside with a gun (laughs) and todd after terry answers the door todd Standing there with a gun in his hand, walks away. He just it. runs you can't away. Can't
3: do it he's because he's
4: too innocent. Just he's just too boy. innocent. He can't. It's just a sweet boy. They have like a whole chase, and Artie finds all of the murder weapons on the walking trail. This all all of, of the murder weapons. All, all of them. <laughs> every murder of, weapon that of has ever which existed.
5: We, we, the audience, have only seen at this point one murder weapon.
4: Terry stabs Artie in the throat with a carving fork, yep. like you would, you know, for a turkey.
1: I appreciated that. You know, that was a nice touch I, because we've gotten
0: a lot of machete, and then I was like, Good. You have to remember the reason for the season, you know. Amen. (laughs) Yeah,
3: because we've forgotten it was a Thanksgiving movie at this point. I
1: oh
3: yeah, Thanksgiving is gone from my mind. It's become like a Kyle Mooney cut for time SNL sketch at this point. Like he's just like (laughs) like literally the the victim's just like, hey, what are these weapons? And the killer's like stabbing him, and then walking over to the next person, being like, yeah, my brother Todd did this again. It's another one on my brother Todd. Like it's like this (laughs) could be endless. I like I'm not sure. Karen's going to get out of this situation. Yep. With this does he then just stab himself? Like, does he stab the camera? Stabs through the <laughs> lens or something? <gasps> Terry, what happened? Are you all right? Sure, I'm all right.
5: What is that thing in your hand?
3: It's Todd's. He's gone totally out of his mind. He's killing people all over the complex. Karen?
2: <gasps> I love <laughs> Did you hear me? I said I love
5: and we got like a synth freak out. <laughs> Whoever was scoring this scene was like like my six-year-old cousin being like, I know how to play the piano. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it
3: was an attempt at a single shot take that just didn't work. Ter- ter- that was one point where Terry turns yep. and goes like, Karen, I love you and swings at her. It's like, mm, that was...
0: Very shining. Very shining. <laughs> <laughs> Again, he's great. His performance is so good. Especially like because he's doing Doing, like his best Gene Wilder when he's being Todd, like this gentle gentleman, and then trying to do like Jack Nicholson yeah. basically for these crazy moments. Like he, he's he's riding the lo- levels. It's great. And Karen has
5: seemingly one single brain cell, <laughs> apart from the other people in the movie who like look at a guy who has a crazy look in their eye with a bloody machete and they go, hmm, that guy can't hurt me. <laughs> he like winds up for like fourteen minutes, and she's like, oh, oh, I should. I should run now. <laughs>
4: Karen knocks on a door desperate to get away from Terry. And it's the little girl from yeah. earlier who won't let her in because Todd said not to. It is a yeah. wonderful
3: payoff. Uh, it's really good. Someone could have died. Someone could have died from that payoff. It could have been better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: She comes in and finds Terry pulling a machete out of the mom.
3: Yeah, <gasps> to to make the sexual metaphor complete. For you, Chloe, I, I point this out. The last act of violence our serial killer does is a pullout.
1: <laughs> oh my God, Casey. Yes. Oh my God. Oh. That means there are two machetes, though.
0: Well, that's the most realistic thing I've heard all day. That, yes, there's two machetes <laughs> he's in Florida. got. Ex- he's got Come on, double
5: no. machetes. Only oh, two in the whole state. Because there's the one machete that's in the bundle of weapons. And then there's the other machete that he has left. In a victim,
0: yeah, I mean they're... that's why he has to kill Artie with a tuning fork, you know.
4: <laughs> Maddie is emptying the fridge into the trash, and she finds Terry's bloody shirt in the trash, which f- is what finally spurs her to go down the street to Brad's office in person <laughs>
0: to say Todd is here. <laughs> Brad, I was calling
2: you, and was calling way you, way wanted to answer the phone. Here, killing again? And all forms of her. Even And, and what, she finds shirt?
4: him incredibly dead, with his head propped up in his hands on his desk. Well, well hand. his yeah, his, <laughs> his hand in stump. Dump, hand, hand in stump. And, stump. Hand. Uh, and she like pokes him. His head falls to the ground and splits open oh, on yeah, the desk, like great. a ripe oh.
1: melon. Gorgeous! It's,
4: it's it's more great makeup
3: effects. It's just so good. Can't spell good without goo.
4: Karen takes the baby uh, into the pool to hide. She finds Greg and Andrea's naked bodies in the sauna, uh,
5: and Terry. Uh, I'm I, sorry. And she puts the baby in yeah. a cupboard, safe as yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. That baby
1: is for That baby's so silent.
0: That baby is lucky Karen picked her up to begin with, you know? That
1: baby doesn't want to be mothered
4: by her. I I love that Terry checks in on the bodies.
3: You guys still in there? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, he rules. He's having such a great time. More amazing quipping. No
0: one is having, like, obviously no one's having a better night than Terry because everyone else is dead. But, like...
2: (laughs) (laughs) What, are you going to try and shoot me again, Todd? I'll kill you. I swear I'll kill you.
4: Karen, Todd, and Terry all meet up at the pool. Todd has his gun, which he's not using. Karen grabs it because she knows what she's doing, shoots, but it's empty and Todd and Terry have a scuffle in the pool.
0: At this moment, we kind of see the writing on the wall where it's going, but we literally thought, is there any way they can switch clothes in this moment? It'd yeah. be crazy no, they, if they, they could, right? but, know, they but, they could right? but they I, can't, right?
1: No, I had the same thought, and I was like, well, we they both went into the pool, and I was like, no Chloe think about it like how <laughs> hard would it be but my mind was like but maybe but maybe like what you think anything is possible it was just partially satisfying because the whole movie for me is leading up to the twins meeting each other again and knowing that it's the same actor i was like how are they going to do it and it's really just a lot of like reverses and you see the back of what is maybe the worst wigs I've ever so seen. So bad. And they're wildly different. I mean, if this took place in modern times, it would be like, find the closest representation of this current hairstyle on Amazon for under $10. <laughs> the, like the very tall stand-in who like does not match the height of the other twin with like this really awful like curly blonde synthetic wig mullet it is a
4: smart move to have them
5: fight in water where you don't need to see both of them in yeah
1: it it was a good workaround well
5: and it's also it, it actually functions on a narrative level because the person who gets out of the pool doesn't have the benefit of the like obviously quaffed Terry. Mm,
4: yeah. I
5: mean, not that fucking drunk-ass mom. <laughs> I, I can difference. tell the difference. She sees, Clearly. She she sees nervous-ass Crispin Glover motherfucker Todd <laughs> being like, uh, mm, mm, Mom! And she's like, yeah, you're my son Terry. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Terry and Todd, they're almost, in this movie, they're words that just mean good and evil, right? Yep.
0: Terry it's <laughs> and is gallon, evil.
3: Yeah. Like, enjoy killing, loves killing, evil. Todd can't bring himself to hurt nothing. Even gets pummeled in the pool by his brother in his big moment. The fucking wuss. Like, but got noogied into submission. (laughs) For me, I just, I loved when the mom finds the bloody shirt. To me, that's that's the reveal. Oh, it's been Terry all along. That's the only explanation that you could pull. But no, she's still Mm, like, then she goes and finds her boyfriend and sees his literal head split open. I assume that has the same effect on your brain emotionally. (laughs) We cut to the mom, like, still the Christian radio playing, holding this gun up in reverie and being like, I will go kill the Todd. Now just evil. Now just, like, I will excise the Todd (laughs) from the body so the Terry may live. I feel like you would know who your son is, (laughs) especially if it's the one you've spent every single day with (laughs) for 10 years and the other you just saw yesterday when you brought him some pie. For a
5: second. When she goes and finds Brad and she kind of has an epiphany moment there before she goes and shoots Terry, the way that they set it up makes it seem like where it's going is her being like, I realized right. it was Terry. Yeah. I'm here now. I've caught up with the audience. And so the fact that she does the right thing and then is immediately like, I did it. I did the right thing. Right, Terry and te- and fucking Todd's like no, and she for the
3: ninth time in the movie that we've yeah. seen breaks. I could believe that she just messed up Todd and Terry. Yeah, I mean, and this what? moment that was so like had so much to do with it was just like, and then he the the actor I'm was just Todd. good enough to kind of I'm react with that. I'm Todd. Yeah, and no. she just started screaming, "I'm Todd" over and over again. That feels like ooh, that was pretty fun. All right. We'll see you tomorrow for our second day of writing the one-act play.
5: I am a hundred percent convinced that they were like, "Love Chinatown, gotta get Chinatown in there."
2: <laughs> my
4: son, my son, my, my son.
2: son, my son. <laughs> it's just us, Terry. He's gone. Todd is gone. Todd, I'm Todd. I'm Todd. No, no. Todd and
4: Maddie both start just screaming nonsense in like uh, a chorus of chaos. And then Maddie kills herself uh, yeah. right in front of Karen uh. and the baby. And Karen runs away. We end on a shot of Todd up against the wall with the red and blue lights of the cop cars. Yeah, he's
0: going back to jail.
3: Oh, he's dead. He's going to get shot. The the
0: police (laughs) are going. But Do we think he's
1: going to kiss a girl before? (laughs) No, I don't think (laughs) he is.
3: No, Karen peace. Karen and the baby Tell me about the rabbits, Karen. (laughs) All right, look, last time I'll say it. If you really think about it, Can you confidently say there's a 0% chance that ending wasn't made up by Luis Lasser in the moment? When the mom like steps into frame, pointing the gun at Terry in the foreground. Karen is grabbing Todd out of the water and going, Todd, Todd, come here. Are you okay, Todd? He goes, I'm Todd. I'm Todd. I'm Todd. She covers her face. (laughs) And then he stands up and gets out of frame. And then they cut. And then they cut back in. Like
0: she blew her lines and he's reminding her, no, Louise, I'm Todd. You, you killed oh, Terry. Oh, my God.
3: <laughs> it's that hilariously obvious. I'm just saying, imagine in this movie where they gave this woman so much rope. They gave her so much slack. They just gave her, <laughs> let her out line and said, swim around, Louise. Do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> they're playing around they just had this big moment where the mom realizes she needs to kill terry she kills terry then she like gets down delivers this big monologue which is obviously being made up on the spot to the son that's left like (laughs) saying like i love you i i gave you so much hurt i hurt you so much i'm never gonna do that again terry and then the, t- the actor stays in character and goes, oh, I'm Todd, I'm Todd. And then she's, she starts breaking down It's like, you're Todd, you're Todd. And they're like, awesome. That's awesome, actually. Whoa, that's a really good idea. Imagine if that's how cool making movies could be sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, we could only hope.
3: Ah, love machetes that cut stuff off blood effects that really gush (laughs) almost hooking up with my friends
2: (laughs) and twins (laughs) the rip off report (laughs) car
5: The Blood Rage Drip Off Report Card is brought to you by the Shadow Woods Quaffery. Turn your mane from a Todd to a Terry with our blowout specials. We're slashing our prices, just cutting them right in half with a machete and leaving them on the ground in the woods.
0: Quaffery. <laughs> <laughs>
5: According to scholars, the human fascination with twins is as old as societal living. Mythology and ancient civilizations tell stories from the twin gods Artemis and Apollo to He Urshian, the laughing twins who were powerful symbols of harmony and joy in Taoist beliefs and still play a major role in many Chinese weddings and celebrations. Of course, They crop up in literary works of Shakespeare, Robert Louis Stevenson, and John Webster, to name a few. And it's in literature that a specific trope starts to emerge, the twin dichotomy. Historically, and in many societies, twins were revered or linked to divinity. But around the turn of the 20th century, a very different interest about twins emerges. According to Karen Dillon, the author of The Spectacle of Twins in American Literature and Popular Culture, two events precipitated a booming interest in twins. The first was that P.T. Barnum started to feature twins in his sideshow acts as circus Uh. freaks, and the second was an interest in studying twins by noted statistician and father of eugenics, Francis Galton. Uh, uh. Suddenly, twins were at the forefront of both science, question mark, And entertainment. (laughs) Twins became part of the zeitgeist, and as we know, anything that enters the zeitgeist ultimately ends up in a horror movie. (laughs) Of course, adaptations of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde proposes a sort of twin or duality, but the potential of literal twins, and most often identical twins, in horror movies is replete with easy-to-understand metaphors. They feed into Freud and Jung's concept of the ego and the id, usually with one twin embodying one and one the other. The good twin and the bad twin. They are the ultimate physical embodiment of yin and yang. They feed into Freud's idea of the uncanny or the unheimlich. Simply by existing, he said that repetition of the same thing is intrinsically linked to the uncanny and thus makes humans uneasy. Twins have been part of horror and exploitation cinema since the beginning, featuring in early films like The Student of Prague, Freaks, and Chained for Life, the latter two featuring a famous sideshow act of conjoined twins, the Hilton sisters. As horror films became headier, twins became more commonplace, seemingly peaking in the 70s and 80s before becoming a plot punchline or go-to soap opera reveal. Films like Hammer Studios, Twins of Evil, David Cronenberg's Dead Ringers, and of course The Shining feature a breadth of twins, some pure evil, some fighting with duality and connection, and some simply there to creep out young boys riding their big wheels around empty hotels. <laughs> the psychic-like bond and synchronicity that twins are supposedly granted has terrific horror potentials, so sometimes these bonds could lead twins to madness, like in Brian De Palma's Sisters, or Belial and Duane in Basket Case. Over the years, the twin sanity has died down some, and the potential for horror has turned towards the potential for comedy. What with the ease of mistaken identity and putting bodybuilders next to comedians and such.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well done.
5: And now we all live with our twins. The one who lives only in the digital realm of social media and the one who evilly poses on a beach having no fun at all. So maybe the uncanny has simply gotten closer. <laughs> <gasps> Ooh you creepy strings
3: I love teasing my victims <laughs> collecting their left thumbs <clears throat> making a dress out of their skin <laughs> and twins
5: <laughs> an
3: off report card oh.
0: what a time that
3: we lived through well class that was Blood Rage with whatever limbs you may have left skim through your notebooks and tell me what from Blood Rage may end up on the final test they said the podcast was over
4: but could the podcast ever truly be over (laughs) Are any of us not on a podcast ever?
3: They they ate my grandparents.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And your parents?
3: All right. I lied about the parents.
0: (laughs) So I worked in a movie theater. My first summer working there, I had a best friend and we hung out on every shift together we chatted all the time. One time I was working a double, so she left after the matinee and came back in wearing a different set of clothing. And I was like, wow, you changed fast. And she was like, no, that was my sister just left. And I'm like, what? What? You messing with me? <laughs> I had been working with twins for a whole month and thought they were the same person. And counted them amongst one of my closest friends. Twins cannot be trusted. <laughs> did they not correct you? Like, I, if you call them people the wrong by names? their names? <laughs> did they have oh. name tags?
1: Oh, my God.
0: Uh, we didn't have name tags. Then. Oh, they didn't have them then? No, at the beginning we did not have name tags. That would have made things a lot easier. Hello,
1: operator? No, I'd like to end this podcast. Operator.
0: <laughs> Operator,
1: I'm done. Hello. I'm it's Chloe. an emergency. It's I'm a real Chloe. emergency. I'm
2: Chloe. <laughs> I'm Chloe.
5: Oh, well, now this is all wrapped up. I have to go over to my neighbor's house for dinner tonight.
2: Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I genuinely want to cede my final thought time to Jamie's story about the twins. I yield my time to the twin stories I've collected
0: most of my weird growing up stories now on this podcast but I'm sure I'll find some more and we got to thank our exchange student, Woo!
4: our guest, Woo! Woo!
0: Woo! Chloe McGulchie. Thanks. <gasps> thank you. It's our favorite Thanksgiving tradition is having you here now.
4: Well, so uh, we can't see you again until next year then.
0: Fair. <laughs> do you have
1: anything you want to plug? Same old, same old. I do watercolors. You can find me on Instagram at, at Lil. L-I-L dot something. S-O-M-E-T-H-I-N. No G. But otherwise, I don't know. I'm, I'm just living life and trying to... Trying to catch joy where I can these days. Aren't we all? Aren't we all?
4: Thank you so much to our teacher, Philip Marlowe, Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra, and Gabriella Tessitore of Scout Harris for our theme music, Justin Ferrero of the Rizzo's for our bed music, and Shearer for our logo, and the entire Video High crew, Greg Hansen, Casey Regan, Jamie Kennedy, and me, Josh Roth. Tune in next time to find out what cat darts are. Alana Regan, Casey's sister, drops by to revel in the eerie prescience of 1988's The Carrier. A town finds itself the epicenter of a deadly outbreak. Except this one melts, people. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: What is a Thanksgiving dinner without trying to make loud enough conversation to hide your farts? Yeah
0: true that's true
1: because because it's all fodder for like falling asleep and having gas that's, <laughs> that's all what that Thanksgiving's all about yeah. charlie
0: brown <laughs> uh,
2: uh, uh. in your ear podcast network